A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Hey, folks, welcome to MLR Kickoff. We have an absolute monster show coming up for you. We will dive into the playoff race, which is coming up. It's getting to the pointy end of the season here. We'll have special guests from the number one team on the east, the New England Free Jacks, the number one team on the west, the Austin Gill Gronies. They will join us shortly to talk about their season so far and what lies ahead for both their teams. Plus, as always, the professor, he slides in from the lab, fresh. What have you been doing in the lab lately, Pete? I haven't seen you in a while. Everything's good? What are you concocting? You know, I've been, you know, I've been thinking on, I've been thinking off the field, right? So where I've been spending some time is thinking about sponsorship and mm. how rugby can provide value to a sponsor when it doesn't have great exposure. Yeah. So that's been, that's been like, so, so, you know, one of the things that there's um, a big push with my clients from my consulting business is there's a big, big push, <laughs> excuse me, in diversity right? It's a big push for recruiting and rugby is pretty diverse. And so is there ways that to be able to um, leverage rugby for a source of talent for companies and using that as a way of um, providing value on a sponsorship because um, major league rugby does a good job with some of their big sponsors. Right. And, you know, um, but it's hard to get someone that doesn't have a connection to see the value mm. uh, 2031 makes a difference, right? 2031, you can paint a picture that says nine years from now, this will be good. will be watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like pay more now, you won't get as much, but let's make it a long-term deal. Really come become a rugby sponsor. And as we get towards 2031, you'll be paying, you'll be like getting it back two or three times. So the off-field stuff is where I've been, I've, I've been spending some of my t- time thinking. I did get a chance to watch some of the games this past weekend. Um, I actually like the late night games. Like for me, it's great. The kids asleep can watch the uh, late games if I can stay up. Um, so got a chance to, to, to watch some games, some really, really interesting games. I thought this, uh, um, this past weekend. The late one on Mother's Day got me, the Seattle-Dallas game. I totally forgot there was a game on. And I started getting text messages. This is a bloodbath. And I'm like, what's yeah, going I was on? Say, I, was, I, was gonna, I started watching that, and I was like, oh, I probably don't need to stay up late for this one. But, yeah. I mean, let's just talk about how good Ricard Hadding is this season. I mean, that guy is just dominating the league. So, he's a... Yeah. He's, He's yeah. like he's he's my player of the season. I mean, I think maybe Seattle need to make it into the playoffs, but man, that that West Coast is nuts, right? Oh, it is nuts. Yeah, big recart. It just he's really uh, he's he's chosen his times to to really inject himself right. into the games this year, and uh, it's made a difference. Seattle, they went through that little patch in the middle, uh, but uh, you know what? They've, they've kind of found their mojo again, and they're peaking at the right time. But as are the Houston Sabercats on the West as well. And I think it'll come down to those two. 
for that third spot, Pete. Oh, I think that's right. I mean, you know, the Sabercats looked really good in their in in their game against San Diego. I was impressed with them. I've I've, I've had my doubts. I'm not sure that they um, that they play at the speed of some of the top teams. I think they they play a little bit more deliberately. But if you don't match their physicality, then it's it's like like it's hard to play with them. And I was I was really really impressed with uh, with their play. I think their style actually suits finals rugby, though. Like that attrition. Yeah, it might do, right? No, no, you're right. We just got to get there. It's a cool yeah. defense. You've got to get over the line, score those points. <clears throat> I completely agree with you. So, so they might be if they get into that third spot. You know, whoever's second, which is now, like, you know, really open, right? Because, well, I mean, we'll get get onto this a little bit later, but you know, whoever plays them. Because I don't think I don't think the Saber Cats are going to be playing at home, but I don't think I think I don't think either Austin or LA want to be second, right? The Sea Wolves are still in it, right? To, yeah, they've got more more than a game. It's going to be hard. I mean, I think it's Austin or LA that are one or two, right? That's what it looks like. So if Houston yeah. third, not only do you not want to play Houston because they they play finals rugby, but they're also a real physical team while the other team is getting a week off. Right, so yeah. you're going to turn around after that physicality. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be. And there's no really easy games coming in. So if, if you look at like that, the last round of the regular season, San Diego has a bye. So probably doesn't bode well for them getting into the playoffs, sitting at yeah. home and kind of watching what everyone else does. Um, you know, Houston play against Austin and Seattle play against LA. So all four playoff teams play each other in the last week. So Right. Who knows that that's going to make for a great final week if the West it's Coast. Like, it's almost like a play-in weekend, right? Pretty much. So they, you know, they always talk about that extra week. The NFL wanted to go to seventeen weeks forever, and the extra week of the right. playoffs. And, and here we go, George Killebrew, genius. He did it without even meaning to do it. So, <laughs> what was your uh, what was your game of the weekend? Which one did you like the most? We kind of touched so, on two of them, but yeah, I mean, I actually really liked uh, the um, Utah um, Atlanta game. I thought that was a really interesting game, but my, my, my deep dive of the game of the week has to be um, the Guiltinis versus the Gilgronis. 10-8. Such an interesting game, right? Such an interesting game. And, it, and it's, it was interesting because I think the Guiltinis showed something that they, um, uh, that they hadn't showed yet which is a, a physicality, right? When you're playing up against a team that like scores lots of points, um, like the Gilgronies, like you've got to be physical with them. And the Giltinis were that. They were physical at the breakdown. They never let them win an easy ruck. I mean, they made, you know, it was 224 total tackles, right? Um, at an 88%, which is amazing. But when you look at that tackle total, Dan, the only way you get to that tackle total is because the opposition has to pick and go 10, 15 times every time they get near the line, right? That's how you get to 224 tackles. It's not that open game. And so the Giltinis, who we've seen as this like stardust LA Hollywood team, showed me in the scrum they were really strong, right? They were physical in defense um, and they were really physical in the contact. And, and you know, as, as a sort of slightly undersized scrum half, that like to like to play in space as a coach, I've realized that you know the game is won in the contact. 
little throwback to the tough and gritty LA Raiders back in the day. Yeah. 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 There was one watch out for me for the Giltinis, which is they still haven't solved their their line-out. Right? They they had 12 line-outs and they lost five. And that's a problem because last year their line-out was such a strength. And they've got some real problems like they like if they had won their line out, they would have actually been further ahead. But but that's a that's a watch out. And I think that you know um, the Gilgrenies have a very good defensive line out, so that's fair. But that's a, that's a problem the Giltinis have had all season that they're going to have to fix if they want to make it back to the championship. Yeah, they're going to be there. It's going to be close again. I think for them being number one, that extra week off that. You know, they're some of the more senior players. I'll probably appreciate that time off, but it will be interesting. Well, let's let's welcome in our guest for tonight because uh, one of them played against LA and one of them hopes to be playing against LA or Austin at the end of the year in the championship or someone else. Shouldn't just start saying those two, but very fortunate to welcome in from the New England Free Jacks, Bodine Walker, uh, my early vote for MVP and then uh, the MVP of my heart. It is Marco Keith. Also from AG Rugby out on the West Coast. Let's get him in now, Pete, and have a quick chat. All right, joining us now, it's 1v1 East versus West. We've got Biggie Smalls from the East Coast, Bodine Walker, Tupac Shakur from the West Coast, Cowboy, Marco Keith, boys. Thanks for joining the show. Been a good year. I'll start with you, uh, you Bodie. What a year you're having, mate. You're in, in fine form out there for the Free Jacks, sitting on top of the table, not only the East, but the entire league. How's the season been? You're healthy and you're firing. Yeah, the season has been a, a pretty good year for us boys this year. Um, as I always say, every year we're just getting better and better. So um, a credit to our management that's um, brought in decent boys and good coaching um, staff to um, you know, get us where we are today. And you, Mark, obviously a change of scenery for you out in Austin this year with the Gilgronies, AGs, uh, on top of the table still, even after the game on the weekend against the uh, the brothers, now stepbrothers, right? New parents maybe coming in, so little Will Farrell, John C. Riley going on, but how's the season been out there and, and how are the team looking going into the playoffs? Yeah, it's good. Um, loving it, to be honest, down here. Uh, obviously had a really good year in Atlanta last year, but just loving loving life in Texas. Uh, it's a bit hotter. It's 100 degrees here today. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to need a bit of sun cream. But, uh, yeah, we have a week off now. We just played LA, obviously, on the weekend. So, we have a week off to recuperate and kind of unwind from rugby a little bit because it's been a bit of it's a long off season. So, it's nice to get a bit of a break. So, I can't think of two more similar places to Dublin in America than Atlanta and Texas. <laughs> like, you yeah, just keep accommodating weather there, huh? Yeah. Definitely, it's very different. There's no jackets in Texas. All right, Bodie, let's go back to you, mate. Um, big game coming up, right? You, you guys are on, what, nine games in a row now? Is that right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Franchise record, league record, in form. What are your thoughts coming into this one uh, this weekend, which technically uh, I believe you guys lock up a playoff, but this will lock up. A, uh, a top seed in, in a home semi-final or championship. Uh, sorry, uh, what's the, what's the the last game before the championship? The preliminary final. I don't yeah. know. We haven't got a conference yet. final. It's a conference final. Conference final. USA. 
There was a question in there, Bodie. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, no, we got Atlanta this weekend. It's um, obviously going to be a tough one. Um, they'll be hurting after the weekend just gone, um, going down to Utah. Um, but we're prepared. We're ready. We've Obviously, we just had our first training day today. Obviously, didn't take part. Um, picked up a little uh, ankle injury over the weekend. But uh, nothing serious, hopefully. Um, hopefully get back out there running on Wednesday. I think we've got a day off tomorrow. Um, but we're ready. Uh, we're ready for the Atlanta boys to come over. Um, hopefully we put on some good weather, though, because uh, Boston is pretty shocking. I'd rather be with Marcus at the moment over in Austin. <laughs> you boys are getting all that, that good weather. Um, yeah, it's not but bad. We're, we're prepping really well. We're trying to not peak too early, um, as, as I say. But, um, yeah, we're, we're up for the challenge. We know what Atlanta brings. They bring that physicality. Um, up front, so hopefully our big boys up front are, are prepared for a big battle this Friday night. We'll have to get uh, TK Miyagi to do a little magic on the ankle for you to get you ready for this weekend, huh? Uh, Cowboy. Been... Oh, sorry, mate. Go. Uh, Polar. Polar Balikana. Get me to Fiji. Get me some of that magic stuff they use for Waisaki Naholo on the World Cup year. So. <laughs> <laughs> that dirty water. I love it. Just pass it around. Good to go. <laughs> All right, Cowboy, you got a bye week. I'm terrified to ask what you're going to get up to for the bye week. Uh, you, our previous conversation got you in a little trouble with the coaching staff, so we're going, Sammy, we're going full PG tonight, mate. Don't worry, it's going to be good. Obviously, yeah. bye week, you guys get to regroup after that game against LA. Always a physical game. You think this bye is at a perfect time for Austin for this run into the finals? It's been a, it's been a pretty long season. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, like it's come at a good time. Obviously, we would have liked to have got the win on the weekend. It would have really kind of not secured, but really almost cemented that like number one spot. It just would have been a knife in the knife in the chest of LA. But we're still first. We're six points ahead of them. Um, and yeah, the way it works, like obviously having a bye, and then we have three regular season games left, and then hopefully four and five. Please God, um, it's actually quite funny. I was talking to Connor Keys uh, from Atlanta, and it was the this schedule this year for Austin is the exact same schedule Atlanta had last year. So, interesting. Well-versed. Man of experience. Yeah. How is Connor? Did he say anything disparaging about the Free Jacks this weekend? <laughs> no, it was last week, actually, I was talking to him. So, he was talking to just really about Utah and stuff. And, yeah, he's good. Doing well. But uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this week off now. I'm heading up to New York tomorrow morning. So, Oh, shoot up to Quincy for the game. Yeah, watch the Free Jacks in Atlanta do a bit of scouting maybe for the championship let's, let's, let's talk a little uh, conferences here Bodine first with you mate Who, who's been the biggest rival in the East Coast for the Free Jacks this year who's been the toughest game for you guys I'm going to have to go with our brothers down south uh, New York um, there's always that uh, rivalry between New York and Boston um, no matter what sport it is so, uh, they've been at our toes, you know, really making us work hard. And um, they're, well, we, we play them three times. We're, we're two up on them at the moment, but I know they're going to come come to us uh, our last regular season game and they're going to be coming out firing. So uh, enjoy the rivalry between us and New York and they're always big, big, hard physical games. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, a lot of history there too, which kind of adds. So I love that you guys have embraced that rivalry. Um, and carried it over into MLR. What are you, Cowboy? These low-hanging fruits, obviously, LA here, but anything <laughs> different from your side? 
Um, to be honest, yeah, I would say it is LA really, but it's like a very big uh, competition between us. But then also we can enjoy ourselves. Like when we played them in Austin, we went all went out after, and then last night we had a couple of drinks after with all the team, and like it's just kind of like. The coaches get along really well with each other and the players get along really well with each other. So it's a massive rivalry on the field, but uh, it's good It's good banter off the field as well. So it's not too bad. So when Gilly sells, you guys are all going to LA? One super club? <sighs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Austin, true and true. All right. There is a distinct possibility that you two will be playing each other in the championship, uh, both number one seeds. You've played earlier in the season. Now it's... Uh, it was in Austin and New England got the win that day. What are you expecting if you run into each other in the championship? Bodine, we'll start with you, mate. <laughs> what am I expecting? Um, expecting a lot of things. Austin's obviously a quality side that can pull anything out of their ass. So, uh, <laughs> um, obviously, physical boys again. Uh, our boys were hurting after we played them last time, um, physicality wise. Uh, but they got some silky backs as well. Like, there's Mark over there. He can just catch a boy out of nowhere and he's just starting it down under the post. Um, so, yeah, physical up front and silky backs out, out wide, out the back. So, yeah, it'll be a tough one. Cowboy, I've seen you pull a lot of things out of your ass, but never on a rugby field. <laughs> any, uh, any response to that? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I promised you I was going to keep it PG. I just can't help myself. Apologies, me, yeah. Sam. Here we go. Uh, no, yeah, obviously when we played uh, Boston at home, we lost. It was actually, I said to Mark Gerard, our box coach, at half time actually and after the game, it was probably the first time of the year where I was like uh, chasing shadows for a couple of times uh, defending. They have a pretty good backline uh, between Wax himself and like Dougie Fife and stuff and the two centers they brought in, like they just seem to do really well this year and they're just well knitted and uh yeah, obviously it's going to be a pretty physical battle if we see them in the final game with the forwards, but also two back lines just going hell for leather at each other. So, yeah, it should, please God, we're both there and it should be a good final. Wox, what, what do you put down your form this year? Like, I think a lot of people forget you were coming off a really serious knee injury last year. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you came back early from it, but you, your leg was taped pretty heavily most of 2021. Uh, you've come out this year in 10, not 15, did the transition help you play? Do you like being 10? Do you see yourself as a 10? And, and I'm, I've honestly made, like, it's been so impressive to watch you play this year. I'm not going to turn this into the glorification of Boating Walker. I mean, you do enough of that in the field. But what do you put down to the, the form this year coming into the season? Um, I guess I just found the love for the position again. So I grew up as a 10 um, through high school. Um, when I first signed my first um, footy contract over in New Zealand, um, I was a 10 right through and through until I ended up jumping on the sevens circuit. And then when I made the transition back to 15s, um, they were like, oh, let's just put you out at fullback wing, um, try and use your agility and speed out there. And so that, so I kind of had no love for the position after that. Um, but coming back this year, meeting the new coach, um, he pretty much rang me and said, you're going to be number 10 this year. So I had to kind of um, regather my thoughts how to play 10 again. So I had to watch old games, not of just myself, but people I idolised. 
obviously the, the Kiwi first fives like Daniel Card and all those guys. So I had to kind of familiarise myself with the position again. And I don't know, I, I guess I put it back to our team. That's really probably making me look good. But yeah, we've got a pretty decent side. We've got a good forward pack that you know, when they give us good front ball, us backs try and do our thing. But And then again, we've got good backs that I can just distribute to and they just you know, start using their twinkle toes and start dancing on the field. So I, I, I pretty, I'd probably say I'll credit the boys for, you know, for the way I'm playing this season. Full credit. Full credit <laughs> to the boys. Always. <laughs> What about you, Cowboy? You third third team in three years, but you're having probably your best year of Major League Rugby. You look like you've put on a bit of weight. Um, coaching staff seems to have really embraced your personality and let you be you on the field this year, and, and it seems to be reaping huge rewards. Is that a, a fair assessment for you and Austin? Yeah, to be honest, um, like just I was even talking to the coaches yesterday about it, like. I think being happy on the field and off the field has really helped me with my game. Um, like I'm loving life down here and you kind of just, because the coaches are so open with everything, um, like you feel a sense of like, yes, they're your coach and like they let you listen to them, but they're also able to listen to you. And like, if you have a, if you have an insight of how to play or something, I don't really have that many, just put my hand up there. But they'll listen to you and they'll like try and work the game. They pick the team to like, they know they want me to do they want me to be good at they're really good at two things rather than be good at five things which is i kind of kind of helps me i think in my game they want to be me to be the best i can be at one or two things and then use those things instead of trying to be good at six or seven things and then brain in the game so i just i love it down here to be honest i can't fault this place um and the coaching staff like sammy sam and g and b and everyone are just making it so easy and like yeah, it's great. Hopefully you keep going this year and please go next year as well. I'll win it all. I love it. You two actually could be running into each other in a couple of weeks for that one. I'll let you go. Yeah. Obviously getting late on the East Coast for you. Walk so you get some sleep. Get that ankle fixed up. Tell TK I said hello. Uh, and for you, Cowboy, enjoy the bye week. Uh, keep it as PG or off Instagram <laughs> if you can't keep it PG. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll hopefully catch up with you guys again leading into the playoffs. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, boys. Chance for play too. There you go. Right, it's, it's hard to find two guys that are having better years on the field than those two right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and we heard Bowden talk about like he's really like naturally a ten, but came to Major League Rugby as a fifteen. And when I think it was the in, in, injury to Harrison Boyle where they're like, well, let's put him at 10, and then they haven't lost him. And what's really interesting about the, how the Free Jacks play is they really only give Wacker the ball when he's got an opportunity. They really pound their forwards, right? If you look at the numbers, John Poland has tons of passes, but the fly half, Bowden Wacker, doesn't have a lot of touches, and that's yeah. because his passes are hitting the forwards. And they've got a really great structure. There's multiple forwards that they can hit. And I think that's like... That really is allowing Bowden Wacker to really express himself because it means when he gets the ball, there's space, whether it's with his foot or whether it's his run, he runs a lot, right? He, he probably is, is the most running 10 in the league right now. If you look at his, his numbers, he ends up taking a lot of contact. Um, almost about half the time he'll actually run the ball and, and take the contact. So mm. that's really interesting. And Mark O'Keefe, I mean, this is a guy that you feel like, got, like you know, went to New York maybe – thinking it was a backup, ended up starting, 
went to ATL maybe as a backup. I mean, Nell had the injury, right? And that opened up the door for him last year, had a great season, went to Austin having another great season. I mean, he is just someone he is. And, and I mean this, um, in a, uh, in, in a good way, he's a very simple player. Like he does the basics of the game very well. And that in major league rugby is a big win, right? Like he runs hard. He can tackle in the outside channel. He makes the pass when it's available and he just does those things well. And, um, you know, Austin, he's fitting into Austin so well. Um, and obviously he loves it down there. Yeah, it looks like they've got a good culture down there for sure. The guys seem to be having a lot of fun on and off the field. Um, do you know, it's, it's funny, I, I put those two guys up pretty high. Third guy, Lance Williams. How oh, good of a season game. is he yeah. having? I, 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 I'm going <laughs> to jump on the soapbox here a little bit, but how is that guy not getting picked for the USA team? Yeah. Seriously. How is that? How I'm like, so, and, and I've heard of, of rumors starting now that uh, Manu Samoa are starting to look at him because there is eligibility through his parents. And they're like, this guy's killing it over an MLR and there could be an opportunity to get him captured for Samoa. And we lose probably one of our most dynamic and damaging ball runners, high energy players. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get why he hasn't played yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. What I'll say is that what Gary Gold does is Gary Gold absolutely uses the stats. And so he is definitely a um, – he's looking at the stats. So we see Lance Williams, Lance Williams doing a bunch of really good stuff, right? But maybe he's not doing some of the things. Like, like you remember when um, Andrew Guerra was picked up by the Eagles? Mm-hmm. And he was having a pretty like decent season. But when you looked at the stats, you saw all the work he did at the breakdown, which you don't see. Right. And that's how, and that's how Gary Gold ended up seeing him and looking at him. I don't think Gary Gold sort of like, like, you know, when you're a coach, I always talk about there's sort of like the coach's eye and then there's the data. Right. And so what, what you want is you'll always use your coach's eye but that you always test it with the data. And so Andrew Guerra is one of those players that you look at the coach, I say he's a good player, but then when you look at the data, you're like, his work weight is phenomenal, right? Like he's around the breakdown more than anyone else. Um, Nate Brakeley's a little bit of one of those players, right? Like he's one of those guys who doesn't run the ball very much, but his work rate is so high. So I haven't done this, but maybe I'll, you know, for the next show, I'll do a deep dive into Lance Williams and see what he does without the ball. Because with the ball, he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. Well, it's going to be interesting with what happens against Chile because data didn't get past Uruguay. So if data doesn't get past Chile, then uh, we might be going back to coaches' eyes. Um, <laughs> could be. I don't know. I, I just feel as though you've got to give the guy a shot. Well, but, I mean, I mean, athletically, like, like you know, when you're a coach, you look at that and you say, there's a guy that's got a motor. He's athletically being, he's physically dominant. I mean, I mean, to be, it, it, it has to be said that you might look and you might say, well, you know, he, when you look at the back row, you look at complementary, complementary players, right? And so you might say, well, what's, who's Lance Williams play like? And he probably does play a little bit like we can't have it, right? Like he, he's, he's a physical player. You can play a little wider. 
Um, and so it may end up being a balance issue, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. I'm surprised he hasn't even had a look, right. He hasn't had an invite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they recently had like a one day kind of orientation camp, just getting people, um, onboarded with what the plan is. And so, um, you know, it's surprised that, that he's not, um, he's not even getting the invite to those things. He's having a great season and his game last last weekend was, was great. And a, and a shout out to Brandon Sparks, who has stepped in as the head coach, someone I know pretty well and congrats to him on his first, first win in, in what will probably be his only season of coaching MLR. If he gets his way. <laughs> general manager, so. I don't know. I don't know. I just look at who he is as a human being as well. and thinking like yeah, the culture a of a team. Yeah. Such yeah a it'd, be, it'd be a good, good fit. Anyway, I digress. Let's go jump into the games this weekend. And uh, my prayers have been answered. I prayed to the Aaron Castro gods. I said, give me Friday night footy back. And he not only gave it back, he gave me one of the games of the rounds. ATL at New England, Friday, 7 p.m. in Quincy. so hot. So hot. It's like Hansel. So hot right now. There you go. Pop culture reference. If anyone can uh, message Pete during the week and let him know what movie that's from, uh, you will win a prize. I won't tell you what it is, but it'll come from Pete. And it'll be great. Uh, who do you like in this one? Well, I think like like Dan, you know how we normally do a deep dive. I think there's too many games for us to like this. This need this deserves a deep dive, but I think there are some other games that deserve a little bit of a deep dive. So um, this game is really interesting. So one of the things that I saw, um, like it was interesting. ATL selected down a little bit against Utah. They rested some players, or they rotated players, and they put them on the bench, mm-hmm. and. I think what's interesting is that teams always end up taking on the characteristics of their coach, right? And what's important for their coach. So, so Steve Brett, attacking coach, ATL are definitely a better attacking side than they were last year. But last year they were physically dominant defense and we're not seeing that this year. They've lost a little bit of that physicality that, that, um, that Scott Lawrence had because that's what's like that was Scott's characteristic right that was his his big focus so so it was interesting to me we didn't see as many double tackles and I think not sure if that was part of the rotation but that would be a concern if I was ATL that if there were players that are starting that don't know our systems so that's to me that's the really interesting thing here has ATL lost that edge um, and you know the for the free jacks the question is can Bowden Wacker go is he able to play um, that twisted his ankle, um, came off. Sounds like it's not too bad, but you know what twisted ankles are? They can just last a while. And so can he play and will he be 100%? So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the free jacks. I'm going to go with the hot hand here. I think like rotating, not having a good game, having that travel, traveling again, I think all of that stuff makes it hard. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the free jacks. Because I think that um, I, I want to see ATL step up and be more physical as a team um, before I'm going to jump back on their bandwagon. Yeah, it's been an interesting little uh, dip in form for them because they look really good, like really good uh, for most of the year. And I think they'll find it back. I'm just trying to pull up here. So if you are Scott Matthew in the Free Jacks and Bodine Walker isn't 100% to go, do you rest him knowing that you now play Toronto, Nola, and then New York in the last, so you probably got, you'd think Toronto and Nola. Well, you got a 10-point cushion, right? So, so you've got a 10-point cushion. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and you've got Toronto and, and Nola. 
you realistically should have locked. Right. So I would, I, I, I would, I would, I would go with that. The the only thing that I would say is that, um, you know, and this is sort of like one of these weird things. There's there's all these statements that like, oh, you can't beat a team three times in a season, right? Which is like completely like retrospective. But you also don't want to get rolled, right? So you're on, you're on a run. Like this is this is the sort of game that I would put Bowden Wacker on the bench and be like, if we don't have to play you, we won't play you. Yeah, but I don't know. Then you're taking someone else off the bench that probably needs some minutes coming into the playoff. Yeah, it's it's a hey, it's a great position to be in. There's no right or wrong decision here, but that ten point cushion gives the free jacks more flexibility. I mean, you know, like like as a coach, you actually end up this ends up being a medical decision. Right, it ends up being can he play? Yeah. And if the answer if he's if if he can play, you're, you're probably going to play him. Like it, it's a sprained ankle, right? Do you, you remember know, that? I when... say, if, I'm, if I'm New York, New England, I might say, you know what? Let's win this game and then rest him for the next two. I get what you're saying, but if he carries an injury in there, then who knows? Do you remember in yeah. Friday Night Lights when the guy couldn't find his helmet and Booby Miles went back in, did his knee, <laughs> lost him for the year? Like, He's having a Booby Miles-esque season. You don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I would err on the side of caution because he is such an influential player. Yeah. Well, you know, they still got Harrison Boyle, right? Who was their starting 10. But, like, right. they've got him. So, he just plays a different game. Yeah. And, and, you know, who knows? Who knows? We'll find out Friday night. But, um, ooh, I'm going to go New England just because nine in a row, they're the hot hand. But, yeah, this would be a roster decision. All right, Saturday, Dallas at Toronto, 7 p.m. That's a last 24 hours in between games. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Oh, well, I'll survive. And all day Saturday, Aaron, I'm going to have to do landscaping and stuff Saturday because there's no games to keep me occupied. So hot hey, so, um, Are Toronto out of it? No, mathematically they're not. Uh, emotionally, probably. They're 11 points back from fourth right now, 12 points back from third. But if you look at their run in, um, let's see, Toronto, they go Dallas. Yeah, let's, let's say they've maximum points here. Um, then they play New England, Atlanta. So two teams in contention. And right, they I mean, it's all glory to end. Points off them, right? Like those, they're not just two teams in contention, they're two teams that they're chasing. And that's why I'm not sure that they're out of it, right? So let's say Atlanta lose to New England and Toronto beat Atlanta. I'd say Atlanta's in jeopardy. New York, probably not. And New York play Atlanta next week. So that could could be Toronto's... Whoever loses that game... Yeah. Right? Whoever loses that game, Toronto can be like, hey, the fate is almost in our hands if we beat the team that loses that game next weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Atlanta finished with NOLA and uh, Toronto finished with Old Glory. So two teams that are out of the playoffs. If you are gauging just their current form, you'd rather be playing NOLA than you right. Old Glory right now. But um, Old Glory kind of banged up and suspensions and stuff like that. So who knows? Good problems to have. All right. Uh, speaking of Old Glory, no, did we do Dallas? Yeah, we're going, everyone's going. Oh, I think it's Toronto wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Poor Dallas, 74-7. Oh, wait, what you... Have you ever been on, on a shellacking like that? Yeah, as a player and a coach. I've never I've never been yeah. on the wrong side of a scoreline like that. Yep. I lost mm. as a coach 
it was something like 94 nothing or 96 nothing when I was um, coaching uh, the USA Hawks versus Canada West. Mm. And, um, it was a uh, um, it was the first round of the NA4, and we didn't have any players that were in the Super League final. Gotcha. So our roster was like a bunch of college kids, and like then a bunch of guys that play in BC. Yeah. And um, pretty certain the referee called it early, so they didn't score a hundred on us. Yes, thank you very much. So one of those ones you turn up to practice on Monday and you're like, hey, take your usual position on the field and they all stand behind the post waiting for a conversion. You're like, oh, we suck. Oh, well, sorry, Pete. Hey, we won our next game. So that's probably like three of the best days coaching I've ever had. Like three days, turned it around. I mean, we've got our Super League players that helped, but we uh, we we beat um, the USA Falcons in the next game. So Did anyone from the 96 nothing shellacking go on and do anything? I think Scott Lawrence was in that game. Oh, the Minister of Defence, and he can't even stop 96 points against a Canadian team. What a joke. <laughs> really poor Scott. Poor Scott. Who else? Oh, I mean, there were some There were some Eagles. Um, in the 96 I'm, drubbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about who was that, because it was hard because that roster switched, so I can't even, I'm not sure who played in that game. You um, erased it. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure Stats Boy could Wikipedia it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm. But we're in the middle of uh, the freaking trade deadline. Trade deadline. When does it close? Midnight. Yeah, probably midnight. Let's yeah. leave the '96 yeah, in, in the in the cemetery where it belongs. Thank you. Underground. Yeah, let's yeah. stop talking about it, Dan. Please. All right, Old Glory at Nola. This one Saturday night as well, 8 p.m. Down at the gold mine. What do you think here? Man, I just that second half that Nola had against New York. I'm like, this is the team that you see. This is the team that, that, that can play. But I mean, I actually like. And, and Old Glory have been playing well. I mean, they scored late to make it a little bit closer than it was last weekend, right? I mean, it wasn't actually as close as the score suggested. But Old Glory are playing well. I think you know. Oh, and it's the um, it's it's Nate Osborne returning to his. Uh, is it yeah, it sure is. It's one of those awkward moments where you walk into the stadium and you turn left and say right. right. <laughs> Ugh, sorry. Sorry, not my, yeah, not my locker room. Um, I mean, this is a bit of a roster. I know uh, um, Fernando Schultz is out, right, suspended. He was being, it was really important. Um, I think I'm going to go with Nola here. I think that they've, they've, they've shown a little bit of spark. Um, you know, a couple of those players, I think, I think, you know, Feeks and Elof coming back from long-term injuries. I think they're um, knocking the dust off. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Nola Gold. Feeks, he's looking sharp, mate. He's having a yeah, good finish to the year. Uh, he's looking good. Yeah, yeah. Nola down there on a Saturday night. Hopefully, uh, they keep getting good crowds down there. But yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of a lot of players missing from Old Glory. I could see them going down there and winning though. They are playing a yeah. lot better luckily than they were uh, at the start of the year yeah. alright uh, another game Saturday night 8 o'clock Utah at Houston <coughs> oh I think this is Houston I mean I think Utah played really well um, and uh, is it Zane going the number 9 looks mm-hmm. looks it's, really it's grandson Sid's grandson man what a tough like that's a that's a tough um, rugby lineage to be part of, right? One of the yeah. best drum halves ever to play for the All Blacks. Um, but he looked he looked really useful. Um, 
But I think, you know, the Sabercats have a lot more to play for um, playing at home. So um, um, I think I'm going to go with the Sabercats. I think the scrum will be interesting here. Yeah. Um, I think I think the scrum might be a, a dictator in this game. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I'm, um, I think I'll go with the home team. Two things on this game. Pick Lance Williams in the USA team. Second one is Houston will win this game. Much more to play for. I agree with you, Pete. All right, Sunday, Seattle on the road at New York, 3 p.m. Eastern in Hoboken. Uh, big game for both these sides. New York yeah, can really go a long way to locking up a playoff spot with a win here. Seattle have to win on the road. Um, you know, yeah, Seattle have to win because they've played an extra game, right? They've played an extra game. Game um, in hand, game correct. Houston. So, yeah, they have a buyout yeah, for this game. So, Houston um, have the good. New York looked they good. They looked a lot better against Toronto, and that's a tough road trip. I think people underestimate yeah. that road trip, but um, I thought New York good. And then listen to this for a potential back three for New York this weekend. Ed Fidel on one wing, Wasaki Nahalo on the other, Nini Milnaskada at the back. Oh my gosh. Like, that's terrifying. I mean, I mean, they, they're not going to kick. Oh, no. No. And if, <laughs> and no I'm, kick if I'm Mil Moscato, I'm just basically saying, hey, Weiss, turn, you go, yeah. crash, and I'll just yeah. follow you. And once you get those giant hands free, boom, yeah, offload. Offload. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, I think, I think, um, you know, Seattle, Seattle also looking good. They'll arrive. I think this is a great game. I mean, I think this might be the game of, um, the game of the weekend. I think this is ATL New England. Although I think I kind of suspect, and and like I said, I think ATL lost a little, little bit of their physicality. But I kind of suspect that New England might win that game a little bit going away. I don't think either of these teams are going to win going away, and so I think it's going to be. Uh, um, I think it's be really close. But I think the home team is a long road trip for Seattle. Um, yeah. And then, so I think the home team with with some of their reinforcements. I think it's good. I mean, I guess we'll find out on the trade deadline <coughs> if anyone's really like grabbing anyone from the teams that are out of it to help them close, right? That would be the... I was going to say, if, if, uh, we, could, we could have done like our dream trades. Who would yeah, you yeah, trade yeah. for who right you, now? And who would, you, who would you get from a team that's out of it? I mean, Lance Williams, you just talked about him. Yeah, yeah I'm actually thinking of like need. So... If San Diego to make a run they in nine, so who's a good nine that's not going to be featuring the play? Like Danny Tussitala? Yeah. Uh, can yeah, you get him on a loan to San Diego to finish the year out? Yeah. Um, can you get a JP Duplessis out of there from NOLA somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. You. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it 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 would be interesting. Like, like if we if if um, Stats Boy wasn't so consumed with like doing the trades while we're doing this call, he might have even thought about that as a segment, which would have been a really interesting segment to go through and say the team's still in contention. Who would who would call it up? So. Yeah, he's actually doing what we're talking about for real, though. So let's see. <laughs> he's actually, he's actually it doing would have been a about. great, great segment, but I'm in the middle of like processing three or four of these. It's 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 a wild yeah. night. I don't think I'll be going to bed. And that's, what is uh, what does the trade rhyme with? What does the player's name rhyme with? Um, I mean, it's also hey, the no, 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 it's no, no, also no, no, the no, signing no, deadline. No, no, no. Just moved to I, Dallas. 
You just, I'm not giving it. You fire, just so. moved to Dallas. Sorry. Ben Power is a bad influence. We heard with like like Marco Keefe. He got him in trouble. He asked these questions. Don't answer it. It's okay. We'll find out later, like everyone else, when it's posted on social media um, by the American Rugby News. That's how we will find out the breaking. Good call. Good call. New York or Seattle? Ray posts it, and that's how we find out what's happening. New York, Seattle. Who are you going for? Um, I'm going for I'm going for New York. Me too. Me too. All right. Last one. LA at San Diego. Legion season on the line here. LA. Well, they've got a chance to get within one of Austin with a bonus point win here. Uh, hard to look past LA here, Pete. It, it is. Um, I kind of want San Diego to win just to keep this race going. Like if San Diego wins, it like it just keeps the craziness. If San Diego loses, then they're, they're, they're out, right? Because they've also played 13, LA mm. have played 12, the Sabercats have played 12. Um, but I'm, um, I think the Giltinis, you know, they've, um, you know, Harrison Goddard playing 10, not sure that they're going to score many points, a very good rugby player. But I, like that would be the concern that I have, is I don't know that the Giltinis have a 10 that they can score points with. And if their lineout's not working, then, you know, San Diego can score points. So, I know. Mm. San Diego all desperate. I mean, this is a bit of a, like, like this is a bit of a lineup game, but I'm going to, you know, we've been pretty square with our selection so far, going with the favorites. And I'm going to, I'm going to call San Diego for the upset here. I'm going to say the Giltinis can't get their lineout going, struggle to score points, open up the game. Legion can. They've got they've got the weapons, and uh, maybe the, the, a defining game for Marnonu, who's been okay but not great this year. Interesting. Okay, I'll go LA. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I'm like number fifty six on like Super Brew because I'm like it could happen. Wouldn't it be great if it's happened? I'm going to pick it because I want it to happen. But it's not actually rational. I you sound I, like you sound like me every time Powerball hits five hundred million, and I'll be like twenty dollars, quick pick, and then I get in the car and I'm like, yeah, this 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 could happen. I you know I could I could win, and then I do the math like could, well I'd have to pay the you know the government back forty something whatever the highest bracket is forty something percent. Okay, so I pay that back. So now I'm at two hundred and twelve million. Oh, what would I do first? And that's like you on Super Brew. You're like, you know, San Diego will win. And, and you know, Seattle, they could win on the road. And Dallas need to win. So they'll pick Dallas. I do love that the, the, the margin pick in the Dallas game, there was nobody within 50 points of the thing. It was like, I thought I was being I'm like, oh, I'll go. 19 <clears throat> points just that's a little extravagant but why not and then it was 67 points the difference which no one picked <laughs> oh well oh well all right what's uh well we had two games I, I think it's fair to say there's two games of the week atlanta and new england that'll be a cracker friday night and then yeah. you have to stay up for the sunday uh or sunday afternoon game in new york as well that'll be a good game i'm excited yeah. for those i'm excited for the Me playoffs too. It's going to be a good race. I mean, mean, these are all, you know, these these all, like, what's really cool right now is that these all have playoff implications, right? And so the great thing now is that, like, you know, depending on what New England Atlanta goes, you're like, what does that mean about the Seattle New New York game? And, like, you know, we're now, yeah, it's uh, it's good. And we need to get, 
whoever the number one on the Super Brew is, Stats Boy, you know, the the, uh, the first round of the playoffs to have them come in and do their predictions with us. You can have number seven on if you want. He's right here, this guy, number seven. You know, if 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 you just want to go... I forgot to pick well, three games this last week. I know, I, 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 I do that all the time. <laughs> but, but, but Dan, if you just want to pick favorites the whole time and be seventh and, like, live that boring life, then you can pick that. If you want to live on the edge and, and like, have the vision of a better world, then yeah. you live my life and you're 54. You're Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, and I'm Neo out of The Matrix. I live in reality, and you just live in your fantasy world. <laughs> I actually watched, watched the most recent one on a flight recently. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, no. Was better than I anticipated. Just I'm like, really? oh, what, rehashed. Um, if you're stuck on a plane for three and a half hours, yeah, give, give. I've been stuck on a plane. I have already made the top status of my um, airline this year. I can't say what it is because it's not a uh, um, Emelossa. Yeah, but that's all right. Already made it, which is which, which, which is like which which is a signal that you're traveling too much. Yes, I've actually. Uh, dialed it way back I'm actually enjoying my time at home um, King Richard though if you get a chance to watch it you want to feel if you've got kids and you want to feel like a horrible parent go watch King Richard because uh, what that guy did for his daughter is incredible I'm um, sitting on the plane going man I have to up my game with what I do with my kids because he's literally you mean, you mean you mean the old like oh, okay fine have the iPad just leave me alone isn't good parenting can we go play catch? Yeah, catch this iPad. See you in two hours. Yeah. No. No, no. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Ryan Ginty, just uh, probably the quote of the year from Will Smith. Uh, yeah. Did a great job in the movie. Not so much accepting the award, but uh, we won't go into that one. All right, Pete, that wraps it up. Another show in the books. We'll catch up next week and we'll be able to break all these games down, have a, a much clearer picture of the playoffs and... Uh, just get some some more exciting guests on like that. It's good to have uh, good to have two two on the show like that. That was kind of fun. Anything else? Last thoughts? Final thoughts? Last thoughts? I'm, I'm traveling next week. I'm, we'll see if I can if we can get the schedule. I'll be on the east coast. It just takes it for <coughs> a late a late night for me. But um, no, looking forward to the games this weekend. Uh, walking around with my iPad while my wife gives me the dirty eye. That's that's kind of how my MLR weekends go. But yeah, very much looking forward to the weekend. Some really good games and uh, excited about the playoffs. Good man. Good man. All right. For the professor, Pete Steinberg, Aaron Casher, Ryan Kinsey, our entire crew here at MLR Kickoff. I'm Dan Power and we will catch you next time.